Welcome back to the Clear Out Podcast with your host, Matt Brooks. We are brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, and let me address the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's been a couple of days since I've done an episode. I apologize for that. I do not see that happening again. Uh, I I went home kind of last minute to California to visit family and friends. Uh, It was like my first time in like two years, which was kind of nice. The pandemic has made it obviously a lot harder to do that stuff. And uh, while I was there, I really tried to disconnect from things and just um, enjoy my time there. So, yeah, this, uh, as I said, this won't happen again. I don't, I don't see anything, you know, causing a big hiatus like this. Uh, but what was nice was when I touched down. Uh, what was that? Tuesday. I'm recording this on Wednesday night, so I touched down Tuesday late afternoon and got home and basically was rewarded with an awesome Nets Knicks game. So. That's what we're doing today. I, I got my good friend Jonathan Macri on. We are going to be talking about our takeaways from this game and just generally like talking about these two teams and what seasons they've had, uh, the Nets and the Knicks, obviously. So yeah, um, I, I thought this was a really good episode and enough talking about it. Let's hear it. Welcome everybody back to the Clear Out Podcast I am joined today by Jonathan Macker, one of my good friends, uh, of course, of Nick's Film School. Uh, John, how you doing today? I am. I'd be a little bit better if, uh, you know, those darned refs got it right the other night. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm fine. I'm. I'm good. It was. Uh, it's been a. It's been a fun season so far. Um, it was. Uh, it's nice to be talking to you after. What I think is probably the best played uh, Knicks game of the season. I'm not sure it was the best mm. played Nets game of the season, but yeah, doing well. No, I think that was pretty. I mean, you didn't get it like an elite KD game, but he right. showed up for the last what three shots, and it was just kind of like, all right, this is what he does. But that yeah. was probably probably the best Harden game that that we've seen this year. I don't know how much you've seen or I've you've probably heard about it, but how much you've yeah. seen of it, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I because. Um, you know, it's like the S network is like right next to MSG. So it's like, I'll, you know, anytime the Knicks uh, are an honor, it's like before a Nick game will start or whatever. Like I'll always tune in. I always try to pay attention yeah. to what, what the Nets are doing. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's just, it's crazy though, because you look at the numbers and, you know, you look at his efficiency and it's like everything, you know, he's scoring is a little down obviously, but everything, all, all the other yeah. boxes are checked and then you just watch him and it's, I don't know. Obviously, you know better than me. It's it feels it has felt a little bit different. And then uh, last night it didn't feel very different at all. No, you just you kind of feel him less, which is really unusual because yeah. that's like always the thing that I feel like I get from watching Harden. Like, yeah, you can say the assists and the and whatever the triple doubles he puts up, uh, but you just feel him. Like every possession runs through him. You feel like everything's going to be set up how you want and this year it's just felt like a little disorganized and granted they're like the number one seed in the conference but yeah it's I think that's a good way to describe it is just the feeling and last night like he really you could kind of tell from the get-go he wanted to make an impression early um and I if it's really that simple then I I don't know but it's it's yeah it's been a weird year it feels like he can't I I, I feel like I've done the same podcast over and over for however since basically since the season started where it's just like oh he looks pretty good and then it's it's the next episode it's wow you know he kind of wasn't aggressive tonight so it's it's weird a lot and they really are just kind of 
the Nets are just sort of it all comes down to how he looks. Like it that's kind of where that's where my that's where I've ended up. I mean, like if he is, you know, if he is, you know, quote unquote coasting right now, I mean, could could you blame him? Could you quite honestly blame any of the Nets for co- I mean, even a guy like Patty Mills. Patty Mills Patty Mills has been to finals and and you know, he's been through the wars. It's like Aldridge, Blake, I know Blake's out of the rotation now, but like almost to a man, like these guys have been there, done that. You know, this is not I don't think this is really new. James Johnson, another like all of these guys have been there. Yeah. So, you know, and again, I think I don't know how much they're cognizant of the rest of the East or how much this factors in, but like I don't I can't imagine it's going to be too hard to get at least a top two seed. I feel I mean, Milwaukee's coming feels like they're they're yeah. going to make their push. But, you know, do the Nets really care about playing game seven in Milwaukee? I, I if it even gets there, I, I, I can't imagine they do. I think they do. I you think, think they, they do. do? Okay, I, I think they I think they I, my theory working theory is that they've really built this roster for Milwaukee. Um, just all the guys they picked up Millsap, James Johnson. Yeah. It's just. And they've changed their scheme. They're running drop now, like pretty consistently. So, I, I think they care a little more about Milwaukee than they'll probably say. That's that's, that's my working theory, right um, now. I mean, look, obviously, I, I would love for the the Knicks to uh, crash somebody's party. That would yeah. be, that would be wonderful. At this point, uh, I think I would just take a, a a top six seed happily and be on my merry way. Um, fill us know, in, but- fill us in on the year, because I think Nets fans are are curious in a way i mean people i think nets fans are always kind of monitoring the knicks whether they'll say it or not uh it, they are um but i i think people are, are curious for sure especially after seeing the knicks the first time last night so what's it kind of been like just as a brief outline um, you know it, so I'll, I'll say this and this is probably the best way to describe the season for me personally and i think for maybe for a lot of other fans last night was the best Again, just speaking for myself, it's best I felt about the team all year. Mm-hmm. For me to be able to sit here and say that after the team got off to a five and one start, in which they, for about forty five minutes before a pri- another game like finished up, had the number one offense in basketball, I have the I have the picture to prove it. Um, you know, it, it speaks to the fact that. Yes, it was great to get off to a hot start. Yes, it was great to, you know, again, albeit briefly, like be on pace to set like the record for most threes, you know, a game in the NBA history. Like, but there was something about it that was just a little off, you know, and you could tell they obviously their identity last year was based on defense and that was not present in the slightest um, in the early going. So that was always kind of unnerving. Um, and I think there was a sense that yes, the shots were falling and like Kemba started the year shooting. I mean, my God, he, he was like 60% from three or something crazy. Yeah. Like Derek Rose, 40, all these guys were shooting great, but like, and I'm not going to say the offense looked bad to start. Like the offense did look legitimately good, but it, there, there was still just, you know, right. And it came right away. The third game of the season against the Orlando magic. It's like they laid an egg and it was like, well, that, that kind of stinks. That was, that, that was odd. Yeah. Um, you know, and then even in wins, like they beat the bulls, but they broke down in the last three minutes and almost allowed the bulls to, to come back and win uh, some similar stuff happened in other games. So there's always this kind of unevenness, uh, unease, I guess you'll say. And then things got really bad, obviously with the starters, I'm sure net fans, every NBA fan has to know how bad the on off numbers were with New York yeah. starters. And you could narrow those down to Kemba. So when the, when the change happened, 
for as much as with, with Kemba being pulled from the rotation for as much as a lot of Nick fans were like, I feel bad for Kemba, the whole thing. I don't think anybody was like, Oh, we needed to give this more time. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess there's a small subset of fans who would like to ship Julius Randall off to the, you know, um, whatever, somewhere else. Um, and, and, you know, would have been like, Hey, let's turn the offense over to Kemba and put our Obi in the, you know, starting five and let's see what we do then. And like Kemba's look good at points this year. So I get that. But, like, this is still Julius Randle's team. Um, they're obviously not winning a championship with Julius as their best player, but for them to get to wherever they're going to go next and attract whoever they're going to attract, like, Julius Randle needs to look good. And I, I think what's I'll, – I'll end by saying this. I think the most encouraging sign from the Nets game was that Julius looked like Julius again. And I think he looked more like Julius than he has at any point this season. And so uh, that's kind of where we're at now. Now we – you know, coming off this game, we'll see how do they look against Chicago? How do they right. look against them, you know, moving forward? It's kind of weird how similar these teams are right now uh, yeah. in, like, different ways. So the Nets are dealing with Blake out of the rotation. Yeah. Uh, now we're getting a long look at Millsap, which we'll see. Uh, I'm holding out hope. I'm, I'm, I'm like the sole Paul Millsap believer on – on this side of things, it's 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 looking rough right now. But in that great pass it. to James Johnson in the corner list, I, Look, I tell you that was a good connector. Yeah, he's a good connector, good rebound. I'm I'm not I'm not really willing to uh, sell yet. So you got that going on. They the Nets were a weird identity team early. They had this like they started off. I mean, I'm sure you saw it on your end yeah. where they're this top end defense and they're allowing all these at rim shots and threes yeah. and like it was it, it honestly it felt like a conversation we had last year about uh, the Knicks defense where. Yeah. Even then, even though the numbers weren't necessarily lining up with, you know, what's ex- the expected field goal or effective field goal percentage with actual field goal percentage, um, even though that was happening, you could still watch them and feel like, oh, this is like a real, this is a really like a, a good defense. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's this good, but it is a good defense. Watching the Nets, like, yes, they were more active, but I, I, it didn't feel like it in a way. So they were a weird team without an identity. And then you have similarly in the exact game where Julius looked really really good really like just strong overpowering guys um taking his time i thought was he was pretty just patient and finding those pockets you but had not james slow. harden not yeah. slow yeah. yeah not slow he wasn't yeah. slowing down the offense where it's yeah. like you're just losing clock and it's kind of funny on the other side you had the nets yeah point guard extraordinaire doing like the exact same thing where it's like <laughs> we don't want you to pound the ball get out early we're yeah. gonna give you a drag screen like just go straight to the rim and just attack, attack, attack. So it was it was a fun game. I, I gotta say, like and and the I thought the the arena, I mean, Knicks fans, they showed up. Uh the Nets fans, I don't <laughs> I don't know how much they showed up. I I think they showed up. They it's were there. They were there. It's I didn't, fifty, right? I I couldn't tell you. I wasn't there. I got off a plane last night. No, neither was I. So, so yeah. I have no clue. But I it sounded it sounded like it was good. But it was just it was fun. It was the first game that I really felt like between these te- these two teams where it was – and it's weird because there was that game where Kyrie went solo last year against the Knicks. But this was the first yeah. one where I was like, this is kind of like I, – I, one team's better, but I do think we're kind of similar well, ballpark in a way with the Knicks playing the way they were. I'll say this. Like, yeah, first half was as close as it could be. Yeah. Um, And then – the third quarter you guys came out and it felt like uh you know 
Drago after the first couple rounds against Apollo in, in uh, Rocky Four, yeah. where the guy where the trainer yells something in Russian, and then it's like, oh, now we're gonna now we're gonna kill this guy, because um, the Nets came out and obviously went out to a fourteen nothing lead in the third quarter. And how did they do it? Obviously, they did it with their defense. And I think you saw, you know, it, it reminded me a lot, honestly a lot of so so much of that game reminded me of last year's Knicks, but. It, this and not in a good way, which is like when when teams really bear, bear down on defense, um, the Knicks have trouble finding answers. Now, what I will say, and and this I think lends some credence to your theory that maybe these two teams are not as far apart as as you know they have been in the past, is Knicks put in Derrick Rose, Knicks put in Emmanuel quickly. And then all of a sudden things change. And like, and those two guys in particular all season long, I would argue that they've been the Knicks two best players this season. Yeah. Um, which is insane to say about two, two bench guys. And, and one of whom is a, you know, is a second year player, but they've been that good. And, and um, quickly in particular has been something of a revelation, you know, and then Toppin comes in and that's kind of the big bugaboo with, with a lot of Knicks fans right now is why is, why is Toppin not getting more minutes? Um, which, you know, we don't have to really get into, but yeah, the, the point is the Knicks were able to take that punch and, and still, you know, make it a game, take the lead in the fourth quarter, which again, that's for me where this team is at right now, that that's, that showed me more than anything they've shown this year. Um, You know, and then at the end of the game, it's like Kevin Durant's going to do Kevin Durant things. And that's why he's going to go down as one of the 10 greatest players who ever lived. Yeah, I mean, if all these games turn into, like, slugfests, I just, it's really hard for me to, because they play each other four, how many, it's a normal season, I, I don't even know how this I should know anymore. this, it's funny, because <laughs> I was talking about this with somebody today, and I honestly, oh, my I, brain I mean, doesn't I, work anymore, normally, with, with, with oh, my, the actual, wait, wait with the normal kids. season. <laughs> wait, wait till you have kids, and then it, it really goes. Yeah. Um. So they, so the next time they play, unless I'm looking at the schedule incorrectly, is not until February 16th. Um, and then they that that game's in MSG. Then they play at Brooklyn again, March thirteenth, and then so they play three more times, and then in in MSG the third to last day of the season. Yeah, I feel like if if you can't go into the slugfest, like it's the Knicks have to punch first and punch hard, and then punch in that third quarter as well. I think to make this to really for me to come in this be like okay, this is this is going to happen for them because if it just turns into an ISO fest like yesterday, it's like I don't. I could have I could have walked but, away and made dinner and felt like I I think I know what's going to happen here. But that's but that's the thing about the Knicks and and which is why an encouraging thing about about the game was they had an assist percentage over it was sixty one point something. It's only the seventh time in in uh, twenty one games they had an assist percentage over sixty. They're twenty fourth twenty fifth in assist percentage for for the year, which is like that's something. Again, that's one of those things. Early on, that was a little bit better, but it, it's it's kind of gone by the wayside. Like. They can move the ball. They can generate offense that does not necessarily derive from okay, Derrick Rose is going to drive and create something, or Julius Randle is going to you know pump and create or whatever, uh, or, or quickly is going to take a step back. It just it doesn't happen often enough. And I think again, if 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 Nick fans are thinking big picture, I think between now and the end of the year, that's what they really need to get better at. Get better at. And I think the hope was that Kemba and Fournier would help create this thing where the hole is greater than the sum of its parts and you'd get that kind of offense. 
And it turned out that it was less. <laughs> so, which is why, you know, they're in the situation they're in right now. But, you know, we'll see. They got 60 games to 61 games to, to figure it out. Was it just like a too many chefs in the kitchen type of thing? Um, God, you're asking the $64,000 question. You know, <laughs> it. So I think underrated two uh, two underrated things that like are very simple, but like Kemba and RJ Barrett started off the season over the first seven games as like two for accounting for position, like literally two of the best shooters in basketball. And they have dropped, they dropped uh, over the last uh, 13 games, um, 20, both of them dropped 23 percentage points in effective field goal percentage, each of them, which is like, insane um you know for for Kemba he became like one of the worst shooting point guards in the league for RJ he became literally the worst shooter in basketball over the last uh three weeks so when you put those things together and you factor in the defense which like again Kemba's on on off numbers on defense speak to themselves but even beside those things you just you looked at the offense and it was like Julius wasn't comfortable Kemba wasn't comfortable like Kemba I I don't think and and I'm sure Boston, any Boston fans listening to this could attest to this. Like when you when you are the guy for the better part of what seven eight years. I mean, since like Al Jefferson basically was was in Charlotte, and then you have to go and be not only like number two, like like number four basically, and just like one of one a a cog. That can't be easy, and I don't think he adjusted to it that well. I don't think the Julius tried, but he was like Julius was taken out of his game. It was just ugly. It just wasn't pretty basketball. There was no, there was no spirit to whatever they were doing. Um, you know, I don't know if that's the best term, but like, that's the best I could do. Yeah. Um, was were you guys kind of playing through Julius more or playing in him different ways yesterday? Um, was it just? He just looked comfortable. Like I just, yeah. it, it was. It, it took. It took. Like he had a couple bad misses. Like bad. Like yeah, he had a few. A few bad misses, but I'm okay. I, I felt okay with it by the end of the night because I, I just felt like the he got his flow back in a lot of ways. So I, I think they were playing. I'm not going to say that they were playing through him more because they've played through him for game during games this season. But there was um, there was certainly a, a I don't even know if I want to say a decisiveness about him, but like he was moving with more of a purpose. Yeah. Um, he was playing faster. Like there was a play early on in the game where he sprinted down the court and ended up uh, hitting Mitchell Robinson for a, an open dunk. Uh, it was early on in the first quarter. It's the fastest I've seen that man move all year. Mm. Um, like that, he just hasn't been doing stuff like that. Right. And I don't know if it was because it was the Nets, it was a national TV game because Kemba's out of lineup, whatever it was. And, and that I think speed and energy and purpose translated to, to his game and, and I also just think he's more comfortable playing with the guys that he's playing with. Like he, he played with Burks for, I don't know how many minutes last year, a lot of minutes last year. And I, you know, there's a comfort level there that I don't think was there with, with Kemba, um, you know, and he was, I thought he was in terms of picking his spots to shoot versus, you know, trying to pass out of like doubles and, and when the extra help would come, I, I thought he was good at that too. And then let's just say it, he made some tough shots. Yeah. He hasn't made tough shots all year long, and he made some tough shots last night. And I think it's going to sound crazy, but when Julius makes those couple, even if it's just a couple contested twos, long twos, that gets him going. It puts him in a comfort zone 
that he it, like it, it 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 has a a spiral effect where it affects the rest of his game in a positive way. Yeah, that's why I think I'm asking about these like to me chefs in the kitchen type of thing because I he is I don't know, volume score just gets thrown out with like such a negative connotation. Yeah. So I but there I wish there was a nicer way. There probably is. No, I'm just it's... not. It's not. I had a pound of pasta before I I did this, so maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, I you know, I think there is some like that's that's why I'm asking. That's why I'm curious about this because it just it I the from what I've watched of you guys last uh, this year, it just it it felt different. It it felt like things were working as as you wanted them to. Yeah. Um, I what what Nets takeaways did you have since uh since it's technically a Nets show? I can talk about the Knicks all day, but I, I realized. Um, <laughs> so I it felt like I was watching a team that was a little thin. Um, mm. which, you know, I, cause like Durant and, and Harden are, are such outsize figures every time. Like, you know, like, you know, that, like you said, you know, you haven't always felt Harden out there. Yeah. Well, you sure felt them last night and you sure, even when Durant like wasn't making shots, you felt them and you knew it was coming. You knew it wasn't, he was going to stay down for long, but like, other than those guys, it didn't feel like. There was, and I know Patty Mills was what was he two for ten, and he came into the, he actually not only did he come, he came out of the night still he's the high, uh, best high volume three point shooter in basketball even after going two for ten, which is, speaks to how great a year he's had, um, and maybe that was just it that Mills was a little bit off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they felt a little thin, but at the same time, I gotta say the biggest takeaway I had is what I mentioned before their defense in the in the third quarter, man, I mean. Yeah, I know. I know they're not going to defend like that for forty-eight minutes, because I, I don't think any team could defend like that for forty-eight minutes. But just to know, or for, to see them be able to do that, and again, I'm not trying to make the Knicks out to be some great offense, because God knows they're not. But like, that was, I mean, that was vicious. Like the Knicks couldn't do anything for five minutes. They have a switch this year, which is interesting, and they just didn't have it last year. Like just, they, it just never. I mean, look, they could play more sound positionally but they have a real switch this year and it's like it starts with a guy like deandre bembry who has been just a revelation for the nets like just outstanding um he's a guy that adds a lot of intensity uh and and i think other part of it too is like they've been it's very interesting like i i like the moments where the where players are you know admit they they're they're serious there's no bs going on because lord knows there's a lot (laughs) in pressers but they, they, I don't remember who it was, but they admitted that, you know, we don't have this all-time offense where we can just say, hey, we're just going to run out there and we're going to blow teams out by 20. Like, we have yeah. to try in the smaller details. And it was just, it was like, all right, well, I didn't know. <laughs> it's not really what it comes down to, but it really, sometimes it is kind of like that. So, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting point. I also, like, you, you mentioned the, the Patty Mills thing, um, it's weird when I I don't know how you are, but when I it sometimes it doesn't fully dawn on me like the full I guess macro perspective of something until I look at the micro perspective. So when I was putting together a recap of this game at the end of the night, I was breaking down like the last play of the game that the Nets ran, where it was James Johnson got the ball as the yeah. outlet. Like just I don't, and <clears throat> I'm looking at this and I'm seeing how they're setting up, and it's like all right, Patty Mills is in one corner, cool. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge under the rim, fine. And then it's James Harden in the other corner. I'm like, eh, not like super willing as a catch and shoot guy. But, yeah. and I'm like, wait, what's the alternative? Are they going to throw 
Joe Harris, who's just did surgery like yeah. a couple hours ago. So it, it was one of those weird things where I'm like, oh yeah, like this is, this team is dealing with stuff. There are losing Joe Harris is huge, but it is such a, you know, even on something as simple as a, an out of bounds play where you're knowing exactly what you're wanting to do. You have secondary action. Like if your roster is just limited in certain ways, like you can only do so much. Like it just, I, yeah. I, I'll say this. Um, and I know, a lot was made out of it in in some circles uh over the summer but the patty mills signing like i i I think i've mentioned this uh, probably on my podcast at some point but i remember not when he was a free agent this time when he was a free agent like last time the knicks were uh, dog shit i don't don't know if i curse um and i was like (laughs) give patty mills 20 million dollars a year to come play be the starting point guard for the Knicks because I I feel like I I would always watch him and he's like look he's like one of these classic guys who he's he's a bench player for a reason um yeah. even though whenever he like literally whenever I've seen that guy come in a game it's like this this guy's the, like one of the best players in the NBA <laughs> and I, and I just felt like that whatever or maybe it's because the Spurs would always kill us whatever um when you guys signed him I'm like man that's that's not fair um because that dude can swing a playoff game that dude i mean i don't know if he's gonna swing you know a title this year um but like because if you think about who you know who who are your last five right who are the last five on the floor like yes you're gonna have the big two and then and then joe and i mean i, I gotta think patty's gonna be out there right yeah oh i think so i think they're uh i want to see just Anytime we get the trio of, of Joe and Patty, and the numbers have been ridiculous with Joe, Patty, and, and Harden, uh, mm. I just want that. I, I want I want that. Well, I how like do you Patty's, guard it? Well, I don't know, because both are good screeners. That's the, that's the secret of it. Is they're, Patty's a really good screener. They're smart. Like, they move. They're yeah. Gosh. They can go screens if they, you know, maybe one play they'll set a hard screen. That'll free up uh, James. And the next play, they'll just slip that screen or, or just cut into open yep. space. It's it's deadly. So um, that's like that's the stuff that I think, and I, I don't expect like by the by the way these guys are gonna these teams are gonna play each other on what February sixteenth you said yeah uh, and and later in the season I don't know how much the Nets roster is gonna look the same like is Blake Griffin gonna be there I wouldn't put money on it as uh, you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't know who's gonna be there right now <laughs> I'm I mean I'm I'm curious. I don't, I don't expect the Knicks to make any any kind of a significant deal. I mean, the, the Nets, you figure they got something in them. I don't know what they feel like they need. I don't know what's going to be available. I don't know what they want, but I, I'm sure you would think that they're going to make some kind of a move, right? Yeah. Yeah, buyout. Uh, tr- I mean, the trade options are limited. I don't know what you're moving. I, like Trade trade season this, this year in season – to me is fascinating because, and I guess we saw a little bit of this last year with the, with the play in affecting things, but I think it's, it's really going to affect things this year because there are, I mean, I, I guess the, the Kings could fall out of it. Although that ownership group seems to intent on, on trying to stay in this thing. And like Harrison Barnes will never get moved. If, if that's a true, <laughs> ever. maybe if you offer <laughs> like five first round picks, but yeah. like, so like okay, so you're talking about these these five terrible teams. I shouldn't call them terrible. The five teams that are like clearly on the bottom of the league in net rating. Um, like, is New Orleans going to start mortgaging pieces? It's like what, and then you look at some of these other teams. Like, what do these teams have that people want? Like, who's batting down Houston's door to get like Aaron Gordon and, or Eric Gordon and pay him 
you know, $15 million a year for the next couple of years. Like I, I, you know, what, what is OKC? Is Mike Muscala, you know, moving needed for anybody? Derek, Derek Favors. It's gonna be the Derek hot, Favors. There you go. It's gonna be the Derek, first Woj bomb. I'm ready for it. Derek Favors has been traded no, to. No, but like, if you told me that Derek Favors was gonna be like the the quote unquote like biggest name to get moved before the deadline, I'd be like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because I think you're just the East. Everybody, I think everyone's gonna stay in it. Um, you know, so I think it's gonna be interesting if you're one of these contending teams and. I feel like there's going to be a few teams that will at least talk themselves into like, Hey, let's give it a go this year. Um, who, you know, who are the, and, and you said it, maybe it's a, maybe it ends up being a buyout guy, but even that it's like, who's getting bought know. out. I have no idea who's getting bought yeah. <laughs> for the you record. Know? Yeah. yeah I, I don't either. I've been, yeah, I've been uh, canvassing the league for uh, <laughs> vets that are extremely disinterested in where they're at. And the only yeah. Thad young is like the only, blaring red siren and i i I don't think he's gonna be a buyout guy i mean i I would be surprised at least yeah i mean terrence ross is the guy i feel like i mean his name is the guy i look to for like the last two years but again he hasn't been moved yet maybe this is the year he's moved i don't know like but but again it's like (laughs) if you're a team competing for a championship are you do you feel like you're a terrence ross away from like i i don't know maybe i I don't know yeah uh i don't know he could he could make it The shooting has been... It's weird. The Nets are leading in three-point... I don't know if they're still in the lead, but they were leading in three-point percentage, and yet I feel like the spacing for them has been so off this year in a way that I feel like somebody like that could make a difference in a weird way. Yeah, I'm I'm, listen, I'm sure the Nets would love to get their hands on him if it didn't didn't cost them much. Um, Yeah, but then, guys, here's another impression I had uh, briefly is, is Cam Thomas. I thought Cam Thomas looked really good, and it's like, again, talk about a guy who's in a perfect situation. Like there, there will be NBA fan bases, maybe the Knicks fan base. I don't know. I didn't really hear much about him last night who will look at that dude and be like, why didn't we get that guy? That guy's a walking bucket. And like, yes, he is because that's all he cares about being. And that's all he is supposed to be. But on your team, he could just do what he's destined to do in the NBA. And like, that will be, that will be helpful to Brooklyn. I feel like it's, um, yeah. Yeah. Things have opened up for him. Uh, you know, he, who shall, who, he, who shall not be named has really, uh, altered some things. So there's like a real window <laughs> for him to, to contribute. Um, so, I mean, it's any, it, I thought actually Cam yesterday was doing other things outside of, uh, scoring the catch and shoot stuff is promising. Yep. Um, you know, he's a good shooter, but you still want him to, and you can look at the catch and shoot numbers in college. Fine. You still want him to get him up. You want him to take the shot, not yeah. dribble into contested pull up. So sure. that those were big. Um, I thought he had a good defensive possession on I think Julius, where he stayed down on pump yes, fake. yes. I did I little think, things. Rebounded. Think was, yes, he rebounded. I thought the if the possession you're talking about is the one I'm remembering. I think it's where Julius it was one of the early. Uh, I don't know why he took a <laughs> complaints that he had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About, about a non-call, but we don't have to go there. We're not going to go there. <laughs> no, I, I can't do the complaint about calls. That's my one rule on this show. <laughs> I, I don't, I, and this is why I like, I, I think I've been on, got on Knicks fans bad side today. I just, I'm not the guy that has the energy to like puff and puff about, about refs. I yeah. just, it's not where my interest, like, was it a, was it a perfectly rough game? No, of course not. Did our Kevin Durant and James Harden going to get calls? Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it, it happens. It, it happens. I, yeah, we, we want to get into it. Um, <laughs> what's the trajectory for this next team? What's, what's the, what's the outlook? Cause I, I think we've talked a lot about the present. What's, you sure. know, it seems like they're just kind of still working through things, figuring out rotations. 
uh, Alec Burke's move was, I thought, really good. Um, just a smart thing that I first, I personally wasn't expecting. But what's the outlook long term? Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, like ever since, like <laughs> there was, I think probably, I don't know, 30, 40 games into last season, there was still like a, a split in the fan base of like, we should be tanking versus like, Hey, we're winning games. Let's try to do this. And then finally, like, I think probably it took maybe the nine game win streak last year for everybody to be like, okay, we have something special on our hands. Let's ride this out. Who cares where it, where it leads. And then that kind of went right into the summer where it was acknowledged that there was not going to be any big move. Um, but like, it was all right, like, let's just try to get a little bit better. And they did, or that was the thought. And now it, it's brought us to this up and down season where people have not been happy with how they played more or less. And now we're, we're here where it's, it's like, okay, well, Kemba's gone. So it's basically the same team as last year. Plus Evan Fournier, who does Tibbs really trust him? We don't really know. Yeah. Um, you got an early hook yesterday for, well, <laughs> I mean, the, the third quarter hook was like, but, yeah, then he, it, but he went back to him and, you know, late in the game and obviously he had a big yeah. shot. Look, he he'll be fine. I'm sure Evan Fournier is Evan Fournier. He, he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, I, You know, I don't think anything's changed as far as from the moment Leon Rose got here. It was basically like, okay, they have to put themselves in a position to trade for a star. And then they have to trade for a star at some point when, whether it's a star says, I want to go there, whether it's an opportunity presents itself for them to get in a bidding war. I don't think that that's changed. I don't think, Again, just my own personal opinion. I don't think this front office or this head coach, quite frankly, is under any illusions about the ceiling of this team as currently constituted. I think this is all about continuing to try to, you know, present themselves to the rest of the NBA as an organization that has turned it around, which, you know, by and large, I think mission accomplished. And like, this is a place where the right, if the right guy comes here and can fit in with, with what this program is, it could go really well. And I have no earthly clue who that guy is going to be. I don't expect them to make any kind of a big in-season trade. Wouldn't shock me, but I, I don't expect it. Um, but like, you know, this summer, I, I think. I'm not going to say the front office like has to make that move this summer because they don't get to decide that. Yeah. But I would be mildly surprised if we were sitting here a year from now and still talking about a team that was basically this core and they mm. weren't able to parlay some of this into something else. Um, you know, so that's kind of where I think the, the long-term is at. Cause the, at this point that, you know, they're too good to tank, which I'm, I'm happy about. I don't I'm sick of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way I can answer it. Sounds like a weird year, just like a weird, uh, weird I mean, in between year in a way. But the, we, but it, the funny thing is, it's like the Knicks. If there's one thing they haven't been for more than twenty years, it's just like a solid, decent basketball team. You yeah. know, they've either been god awful, or you know, there was 2012-13 where they were not a. Were they really a contender? Not really. Yeah. But they were, you know, they were in, you know, a two seed. Like, that's not nothing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of that's why for a, like a lot of fan bases are like, oh, you know, we're on this treadmill of mediocrity. Like, we got to either tank or like 
make a move for the for for us for people who have watched this team suck for so long it's like we're for the first time in a long time we're maybe not worried about what comes next it's just like let's just get it right here maybe we're a four seed maybe we're a six seed maybe we're an eight seed maybe we Mm -hmm. upset somebody like you know just go out keep playing good basketball continue to formulate this identity and uh you know let the let the chips fall where they may last question for you going back to this game what do you want to see next game of both these teams but nick's probably since that's going to be the one you're you got your eye Um, on for the most part yeah i well i mean i am curious with the nets i'll I'll say first like i did a what was it a week or so ago i did our our uh, patreon pod in which we were talking about the all nba teams and i don't Mm. I don't think, yeah, I didn't have Harden on any of my All-NBA teams. And I was like, if there's one guy who we didn't name on any of the All-NBA teams, so I would say this dude has a real chance to make first-team All-NBA by the end of the season, I would say it's James Harden. And I'm curious if he now starts to put together that sort of campaign. Because there's a lane for him to get first-team All-NBA if he, if he really, you know, obviously Curry has one spot, but like, no one else is, is claiming that other one and, right. unless you want to shoehorn in like a Jimmy Butler or, or, or someone. So I'm going to be curious about maybe does this game get James Harden going? And then for the Knicks, I just I want to see them go out and play the same way that they just played. If they do that, um, I'll be a happy man for the rest Me of the too. year. Me too. That was probably one of my favorite games I've watched. It was fun yeah, that was in the mix. Well I, yeah, it was a well-played game, but we had a good game right after, too, so I can't be too mad about that. Uh, the yeah. Warriors-Suns game was pretty fun. I don't know if you caught that. Was, that yes, I, I did watch that. I, I was good. a little upset because I had uh, Steph Curry over four and a half mm. threes in, in prize picks, and uh, he did not did not come through for me. Can't That's bet against the, the depoy, uh, McCall Bridges. Yes. <laughs> that was yeah, your mistake. Good. That was my mistake. <laughs> Very John, sure. thank you so much for uh, doing this me with me. Anything you, uh, anything you got coming out? Anything you're excited about? Uh, what am I excited about? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Nick's Film Schools. So we always got something going on. Whether it's uh, someone the podcast. We actually had um, noted Nets fan Evan Roberts on the pod. Uh, oh, <laughs> last week to, to preview to preview this game. So that was fun. Uh, so if, if you want to hear my conversation with Evan Roberts, just. Uh, check out the Knicks film school podcast feed. We got the YouTube channel. And then if, uh, if you have any interest in, in reading a daily newsletter about the Knicks or just getting a free edition every Monday, uh, feel free to head over to Substack and you could check out my um, yeah. Knicks film school newsletter. Yeah. It's awesome. I subscribe. It's, it's great. So I'd recommend it. Much Nets, Nets fans, keep an eye on the competition, right? <laughs> John, thanks yeah. so much for doing this, this with me. And uh, I will, I'll talk to you soon. I'm sure we'll connect throughout the year. I I have no doubt.